You're listening to Perspectives in Parryville. This is a special micro episode, Chatting with Mark, where I catch up with a previous guest about a topic that's captured their attention. This episode was recorded in December 2022 when I chatted with Stephen Kolber about artificial intelligence in education. We explored some of the potential risks of this type of technology, including the curious notion of teaching a class without a teacher, and some of the associated geopolitical quality and critical evaluation issues. We're back. So I am very interested. I've seen in the zeitgeist, if that's the word, there's lots of discussion about artificial intelligence and there's all the people sharing their images and sharing their, you know, little kind of opinions about the text-based thing. And so, I mean, what are, what are we even talking about? What's the, what's the, like, what's one of these platforms and, and what does it do? Or, you know, the ones, ones that you're familiar with, for example. Um, I don't know, basic definition, your AI, you're looking at your, you've got your general AI, Mark, as you would know, then you've got your narrow AI, as you would also know well. I don't know what that means. (laughs) General AI. (laughs) Well, your general is basically um, uh, when you, when people tell you, oh, AI is going to take over the world and it's going to be robots and like the Terminator, that's, that's sort of your general AI, you know, it's like you, we have general AI in the sense that we are. We can do lots of stuff, some some to a low, st- a poor standard, and some to a high standard. But narrow. But it helps us live our lives. You know, our lives are enhanced by the little technologies here and there, and it's kind of part of the broader world. That type of thing, or. Well, general general AI is like a, an imagined future. So there's no such thing yet. But as you would know, uh, we have narrow AI that can do s- small things really good. So that's where you get your AI Lenser app, where you you know you make. Uh, nouveau portraits of yourself and you get yes i've seen some of them yes you get your chat bots and your you know your chat gtp kind of gpt which is sort of like the the one that's the new hotness that is the it'll write stuff for you so is that the one that you've been investigating for a while or it's kind of like just the latest one of that sort of genre of um just from well from my perspective just the latest one like i've um I always have to preface any time I talk about AI, my background is like for the last probably five or six years, I've been working with the union of the world, the the, the teachers union of the world, which is called Education International. And so a lot of what we've been looking at is the future world of work. So how AI would transform the world and education and teaching. And so a lot of the stuff that we're basically, I say that to say that our, our framing is very negative. We're basically we're we're wanting to put a flag on a mountain and say this is what teaching is, and this is what humans do, and then everything underneath that is uh, not acceptable to replace. So did you did you start out of the gate with that kind of negative, or you know it's kind of more more a caution cautious kind of approach or something like that? Um, Yeah, well it's sort of like 
back then, and this you know, maybe five or six years is pushing it, but it's been a fairly long time we've been talking about those sort of things for, um, we see that there's potential for teachers to be replaced and that that poses a industrial threat in the sense that um, we'd be out of a job. Um, yeah, that's very interesting because it is kind of, it's sort of, when it's not much demystifying, it's taking it to a kind of very real world level mm. of, you know, so you think that's viable then? Well, you, you and your group has kind of, this is a, a, a very real viable threat. Yeah, yeah, like I, yeah, it's already happened, hap is happening, continues to happen, will increasingly happen uh, around the world. We'd have to jump on a plane and go to mostly African nations, but um, all around the world there are classes being taught by non-teachers holding an iPad and whether that's with oh, AI right. or with a scripted lesson or with, you know... Um, Interesting. I, I do remember there was a um, one of the readings from like a year and a half ago or something. Or when I first came on board with it, actually, there was something about scripted lessons somewhere in Asia. And I thought, wow, I, I didn't realise that was a thing. But what you're saying is it's not only a thing, it's actually sounds like it's growing and they're tapping into more than just scripted dusty old lessons they're kind of there's more under the hood mm. like yeah i don't know if you think of during remote learning there's something called oak oak academy from the uk which produced hundreds of thousands of lessons and lesson plans and resources and things like that um and obviously if you just you know you take a small step from there to ai you infuse that information into you know your AI teacher bot, then you've got lessons ready to go in Australia, uh, OCRA or O-C-H-R-E, I don't know how they pronounce that, but doing a similar thing, trying to collect um, sort of relatively teacher-proof lessons. Just just, just pause for a minute. I, I, um, what's this AI teacher bot as such? Like, what does it look like on a practical level with this teacher in Africa and their iPad what they they type in something or how does it just the basic version because it's um well it well yeah i'm kind of conflating lots of different things all at once but there's something called school in a box so if you if we're in an african nation and for whatever reason we don't have enough teachers they've been killed massacred etc obviously a lot of the work i've done is in cambodia and so you say um you can almost logically follow the use case so all the intellectuals were killed if you you know you didn't have calluses on your hand or you wore glasses or you had a nice watch those kind of things they were killed during the Khmer Rouge etc etc so that is like the perfect case study for a place where you might say well we don't have teachers so we need a solution and so um, there's lots of people who you can meet over there working for not not for profits and NGOs and all those sort of things who would say so we need some technological solution so it could be like i said scripted lessons so the ipad would pop up and say hello say to the class hello class hand out worksheet 2456 and then you hand it out and then you say to the students okay now we're going to learn algebra and they read from the script um and so obviously you don't need to be a teacher to do to do that you just need to be literate or semi-literate or something like that um, but you could also do the same thing with AI. So you could just have no one at the front, students sitting in, you know, in front of computers or desktops or depending on whatever economy you're in front of. You could have them sitting in front of those and you might have, you know, one, te one teacher type person, prison guard, whatever you want to call it, roaming across three or four different classes and the kids are sort of just 
being guided on their learning journey from some AI-supported uh, technology. I, um, I didn't realise this is actually a thing that's kind of happening. Mm. I mean, these all of my references are pretty out of date now. Like this was two, three years ago, so I'm sure if I did happening for a while, then. yeah, if I did more of a you know detailed search, I'm sure I could find you many more new examples. There's um, there was one that really caught my eye that was um, yeah, a lot of there's basically it was like a call center, like the office, <laughs> like the TV show, the office. They you know the students all wore brown chinos and kind of like burgundy uh, polos and they turned up at their desks and everything was done via computer and I think they had like a half hour session with a human being or they called like a learning coach or something and it was more like goal setting and those sort of things and then they'd go back to their cubicle which was probably not as big as a cubicle um, and they'd do their typing work and I think that closed within the year because the students basically revolted and Interesting. Overthrew it, so to speak. Sorry, did you did you say this was in a workplace or in a school? No, these these were students. So they were. It was modelled after like a call centre, but instead of making calls, they were learning from computers. Wow, hmm. it's kind of um, yeah, it's an interesting non-development almost, or a, you know, didn't didn't quite get ahead. Hmm. But then, I'm just thinking back to your you said up front about this human idea of uh, teaching as a human activity or something like that mm. what does that mean um well so you can and and you you often sometimes will uh so in the cambodian example which again is like you know the perfect situation for it you just simply say we don't have enough teachers so we will insert technology in theory you might think to bridge the gap but if you don't have teachers then you're just like skipping a whole generation of knowledge. And so instead, if you have just untrained people with a scripted lesson, then there is no like self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> in the sense that no one's teaching, so no one's learning, no one's improving upon the teaching. So it's sort of, yeah, we... So, what, hmm. so in what circumstance would this sort of system go ahead still, even though it's actually not... doesn't sound like it's such a good idea. It's not actually working um oh like it's everywhere like there's a facebook run system called summit learning uh that did the same thing in basically they called it the spotify of learning so the students were learning from playlists which was their way of um, of course they were know, packaging it and explaining it and <laughs> I, I hope those those playlists aren't shuffled um <laughs> like everything's out of order um, and I mean, last time I checked in with Summit Learning, the um, the students were protesting because it was inhuman and inhumane, and they didn't like the playlists that? and things like that. Yeah. So. so what's going on there? What's what does all that mean? Well, so if you're having the difficulty is, and this is where it gets exciting and interesting and geopolitical. Um, like obviously, your students in America would be more likely to say this is rubbish and up, uprise and revolt in a democratic nation Why? Why? where they're assuming a meritocracy and everything's free and open and all those sort of things. Um, but if you know, if you're in a dust floor classroom in Africa, maybe it's a different value proposition. Maybe the instructor down the front with the iPad is you know the only option, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You can see how kind of um, the small picture and the big picture kind of overlay and 
do all those sort of things. And so, yeah, there's stuff happening that's, uh, that's pretty uh, crazy. Um, but to bring it sort of closer back to home, like people, I, I literally today was reading, uh, you know, high school English is, is dead because uh, these AI typing robot, well, not type, uh, being a bit flippant, they're not robots, you know, but the artificial intelligence... Um, some Just talk us through for those people that aren't aren't familiar with what you're talking about. Mm. What what do these things, these online uh, platforms, allow a student or anyone else to do? Um, so, like my Year Seven English students, they've just finished an essay, or not an essay, but a couple of paragraphs on the novel Wonder, which is you know about a child with a facial deformity, and he learns many important lessons and things like that. Um, and so I today I showed my students uh, a couple of paragraphs that the AI had written, uh, and I said I showed it to them, and I said, "Can you give this, you know, this?" Per I said, "Can you give this some feedback?" And so the good kids um, sat down and said, "We sure can." And they gave it. They said this would be about a seventy percent piece, sixty-five, seventy percent out of a hundred. Um, they had some notes for it, you know your quotes aren't that good and you need to add a bit more detail and it was a little short like they were giving feedback of that nature and then you know then the big reveal of course was I said well this I did this with AI it took it about three seconds and obviously they'd just finished the same task over about you know several months and so <laughs> they were a little bit like oh okay um, so you could see at first blush that while, you know, we don't need to teach well, students ever again because the AI did a comparable job uh, in... That's in a good word, comparable. Shorter. However, what's, you know, it's kind of comparing three months' worth of hard slog with three seconds of <laughs> generated, you know, comparable or, you know, what acceptable kind of prose or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, uh, upon closer inspection, it's the kind of thing where I think if you're a generalist or not an expert, um, like if I showed you, you know, oh, I, I got this AI to, you know, write a song. I'm assuming you have limited musical talent. Um, you might look at it and think, well, that's a song. Um, but if I gave it... Me, you mean? Yes. Me, hmm. you, me in that sentence is me. Yes, that's you. Ah, oh, maybe. Like, all right, let's, you know... If, <laughs> So like okay. in the same way, like if I showed it, showed you an art piece, straight away yeah, you'd say this is garbage. But if I said, you know, if I said here's a recipe, um, a non-expert I think would look at it and go, well, that's a recipe, that's a concerto, that's an art yeah. piece. But anyone that knows anything about those specific areas would be much more likely, I think, to look at it and go, well, this is complete garbage. <laughs> Well, you're getting into that territory of like what's at stake, maybe mm. what's what's the compromise that's made um, by people that maybe are snoozing or they're not really, you know, let, let, they might be letting something slide without fully realizing what's happening. Mm. Well, yeah, like so, for example, my students were were impressed for a moment, and then I said, reread the quotes, and then you reread the quotes, having you know, we have all read the book in this class. Uh, and we realize that the quotes that the AI is using are entirely made up. So it's just made up stuff <laughs> that didn't happen in the book, of course. Um, and it's made up quotes and characters and oh, misgendered really? people. and um, Made up quotes? Mm, absolutely. Didn't happen in the book. Wow. Mm. I, I, it would have been a good little sparkly moment to 
listen to the students um, <laughs> identify that yeah, as a kind of oh, right, moral outrage or something. Because, you know, yeah, we've, we've spent months becoming relatively expert in the novel and then it's sort of just said, you know, but it, it like it quotes that sounded reasonable and um, you can do the same thing for, you know, academic articles and it will make up academic articles, usually by real people. So like... Um, it would say like, you know, in the field that you're studying, it would give you a name that is a seminal figure in the field, but then it just makes up an article and a journal and those kind of things. So you sort of think, well, it's making, yeah, it's mimicking very compellingly, but it's also just making up complete nonsense. Or as we would say in Australia, it's just bullshitting to be completely honest. Yeah. Convincing. Now I, I just, I see that you're a poet as well. Um, I had a little investigate with mm. chrom chromatography. I thought, oh, I just need a couple of sentences about chromatography. And then I tried and tried and tried, and it just wasn't giving me a cohesive sentence that made sense, you know? Mm. And I thought, oh, that's interesting, because I kind of know what I'm looking for. And it sort of toggled together like a bit of a Wikipedia style, but it actually was so broad in general it didn't it wasn't useful i suppose mm. and then but that was just a, a little blurb imagine a whole essay and then imagine if you got a, a an academic that's doing a bit of a tick and flick not quite engaging mm. i mean i'm not it's a horrible allegation i know <laughs> but i guess you know this is why it's a talking point mm. yeah well that's the thing like everyone says oh this is like it's it wouldn't fail that's that's basically the bar that they've set for these kind of things. But um, yeah, having marked a, a many an academic essay, like you really yeah, you do go you do go to the reference list and you read it and you think, you know, even if they've got a good quote or a good example, and you go to the end, because obviously I, I deal in teaching and education, you go to the end and it's from the Journal of, you know, Arabic Dentistry, and you think, well, that did talk about growth mindset, but probably wasn't the most relevant reference since it was from the uh from a dentistry journal um so those kind of things are things that you pick up pretty quickly so yeah there's so a lot of you, stuff mm. so how do you see well what what happens now you know what do you what do you think is there a um homework for all those teachers out there or you know what what should people be aware of or you know what's the kind of next next iteration what i don't know what you what what do you recommend even or well i mean in a pie pie in the sky world i think that we should be using these tools in meaningful ways so like um one of my students showed me word has an ai infused editor system so you know unlike the spell check that just sort of use rules i guess this ai one is meant to be a little bit better um it, it's not obviously that's no big spoilers to anyone there um, but me and the student going through the process of checking what the AI was suggesting which was essentially um, you know you've written a creative sentence there have you considered making it boring and <laughs> uninspiring um, so we were able to go through it and go or oh, we disagree with almost everything the AI said um, but that was better than you know the absence of anything so me having to sit there and read it and you know type out feedback and do all those things which obviously i also do um, but it was an interesting sort of sideways look to come in and to sort of put us on a more of a level playing field so normally i'm the one saying i'm the expert here's the feedback 
you're the student, whatever, whatever. But in this situation, it was me and the student with AI kind of like, you know, <laughs> being punched down on saying, well, we both know better than this. Ha ha ha. And that's kind of like well, a useful experience. You're using the power of human. Team <laughs> human. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, I can see like lots of uses for things like that. Like you might say to your students, you know, here's, um, here's a non-example. I had, I had the AI type up an assignment for us and let's go through it and sort of unpick what it did wrong or what it's missing. And again, then you're empowering the students to say, you know, we know more about this book, about this writing style, about what's expected. So we're looking at that one and, you know, maybe we could train the AI or something. Um, so those kind of things, like using it in an additive way rather than, you know, because like as far as, as you can probably tell, I don't think there's any real risk to uh, to teaching or to education or to extended piece of, pieces of writing yet. You could probably train it, you know, like if um, if we were using something like Turnitin and we had three years of university assignments and we fed that into the AI, then, you know, there's no, no telling what it could or couldn't do with that information to produce actual quality stuff. Um, but a sort of off-the-shelf AI like the ones we're talking about is sort of more of a novelty, I guess, at this point. Yeah.